0: Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician- That's me, and a health literacy and communications expert- That's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. So welcome to COVID Noise Filter. My name is Dr. Mark Yandari, and we are so happy to have guest co-hosting with us, Nurse Julia. Welcome to the show, Nurse Julia.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be coming on board with you guys.
0: Thank you so much. And now on to the show. Parallels between Mumbai's bubonic plague and COVID pandemic. Ooh, as an infectious disease doctor, I'm going to like this story already. So let's see what this is about. Now, according to NPR, the COVID-19 response in Mumbai, India's financial capital, is reminiscent of a pandemic of the city's past, the bubonic plague. Now, the plague left a huge impression on Mumbai, affecting its infrastructure to account for problems that repeat themselves today.
1: In the 1800s, Mumbai was known as Bombay, and the city was split into two regions. One was expansive villas for the British elite, and the other was called the native town, full of congested and unsanitary working class neighborhoods. When the bubonic plague came along, these congested regions were hit hardest. In the poorest neighborhoods of modern day Mumbai, more than half of the residents have contracted COVID-19.
0: Wow. Now with the bubonic plague and COVID, the city became a hotspot for the disease. In fact, in both instances, the city saw a major exodus of migrant workers who could not find work. These mass exits took a massive toll on both the economies and spread the disease across the areas where these workers returned to.
1: Both the bubonic plague and coronavirus pandemic saw strict responses from the government in Mumbai. In the 1800s, The colonial British government entered houses and forcefully separated infected residents and sent them to camps. At the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, the government established large quarantine centers with poor conditions.
0: Now, the effects of the bubonic plague are still seen in Mumbai today. In the city's infrastructure and culture, these lasting impacts are useful touchstones for the future impressions of COVID-19 in the area. This is a story that's very important to COVID Noise Filter and we'll definitely continue to follow up with it. Using HIV and AIDS Experience to Help with COVID-19. Now, this NPR story explores the conversation around using one man's experience with HIV to fight COVID-19. Now, Mr. Phil Wilson, the founder of Black AIDS Institute, explained that not learning from the HIV epidemic will cause COVID to hurt communities of color for some time. Now, Americans used to believe that HIV affected mostly gay white men, but this is simply not the case. In the United States, black people accounted for 25% of cases, and black women accounted for more than half of all women diagnosed. Wilson said that we should have learned about the racial disparities involved in the HIV pandemic and changed how we addressed the COVID pandemic. He became focused on addressing the social solutions to infectious diseases, not just the biomedical ones. Now, the Black community is currently facing disproportionate infections and deaths from pandemic and are hesitant to receive the vaccine due to historical events. The purpose of creating Black AIDS Institute was to mobilize Black community leaders, organizers, and institutions to become messengers for science. The Institute has partnered with the NIH to promote education surrounding the coronavirus vaccine. The Institute also told NPR that the promotion of universal health coverage would have and still would help with the HIV epidemic as well as COVID-19 by increasing trust between the community and healthcare workers. Mr. Wilson also pointed out reservoir locations for the viruses as in prisons, make it more difficult to eradicate both COVID and HIV. And this is especially true in communities of color. Now, regardless, in order to expedite the process of beating COVID, we should look towards how we've handled HIV in the past. Digital vaccination credentials. Walmart is joining the international initiative to utilize digital vaccination credentials, according to the New York Times. This means that people who get their vaccine dose at Walmart will soon be able to verify their status at places with large gatherings, such as airports, schools and sports stadiums. Other health centers and companies involved in this initiative include Microsoft, Oracle, the Mayo Clinic and more. Now, people would be issued free health passports on apps that will verify their vaccination record. This would help with entering certain locations that require vaccinations, such as big stadiums, even for flying, specifically to specific countries. And Denmark is one of the first countries attempting to roll out digital passports to their citizens. Now, this is not an entirely new concept. Many countries require yellow cards to show vaccination for yellow fever, rubella, malaria, cholera, and more. The difference between the past and present are concerns over privacy and accessibility to all people, regardless of their socioeconomic status or access to smartphones. Other concerns stem from millions of people who aren't able to prove their identity due to a lack of documentation. Some of the benefits of a health passport include the potential elimination of quarantine after air travel and improved efforts to promote international tourism. Now, the World Health Organization is currently opposed to the introduction of vaccine proof requirements for international travel because of the unknowns about the efficacy of the vaccine to reduce transmission. Another reason is because the limited availability of the vaccine to especially low income countries. So, if we're going to use digital vaccine credentials, we need to ensure that there are limited or no technology, ethical, and legal consequences. COVID-19 testing rates decline as vaccination rates increase. Now, according to Vox, Americans are getting vaccinated rapidly and rates of death and hospitalizations are dropping. As things improve, the U.S. is leaving behind a vital mechanism for managing the pandemic. And of course, this is COVID-19 testing. In January, daily tests peaked at about 2 million. In February, that number is halved. This gives health officials in America a blind spot. They're unable to keep an eye out for variants or outbreaks. And according to Vox, there are three major uses for maintaining testing data. First, clinical diagnostics. Testing allows people to make informed healthcare decisions. The second reason is disease surveillance. It's imperative to aggregate data across large populations. This helps us to track how the virus is spreading and helps us to make better public health decisions. Third, screening. This is a practice in which people who may not have been exposed get regular testing anyway, and this helps to phase schools and workplaces back into physical spaces. As cases go down and vaccinations go up, testing is still a major essential utility. Health officials need this data to measure test positivity and to determine how much transmission is occurring in the nation. The World Health Organization uses test positivity to dictate when COVID restrictions should be eased, and they have set that benchmark at 5% or lower. Now, according to Vox, the United States testing infrastructure is too reactive to sustain the varied array of needs for this data it is essential that public health officials do prioritize testing in order to seek out unknown transmission instead of confirming suspected transmission. This is a story that we will continue to follow on COVID Noise Filter. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs? Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home. And please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.